Welcome to On the Horizon. My name is Ellen Wagner, and I'm thrilled today to have David Metcalf join us for the conversation. David joins us from the Institute for Simulation and Training from the University of Central Florida. David, I'm going to ask you to tell us a little bit about the lab that you run at the University of Central Florida, and we can use that as a way to jump into a number of technologies that you are working with directly. But today's technology that we're going to be talking about is the technology known as blockchain. I know you've been working with blockchain for quite a number of years, but for a lot of people, they might just be hearing about it for the first time, or they've been hearing about it a little bit as technologies known as Bitcoin seem to be (laughs) hitting the street. So that's sort of a combination, but they're not necessarily the same thing. And you, as somebody who has been working with it, are just the guy to help us sort out (laughs) what we are talking about. So with that, I'd like to turn it over to you and, and have you help us sort out what it is that people are getting so excited about. <laughs> sure, sure. So it's a pleasure to be here with you today, Ellen, and your audience too. And uh, happy to tell you a little about what we're doing at the University of Central Florida. I have a laboratory there called METAL, the Mixed Emerging Technology Integration Lab, or METAL for short. And as the name implies, we try and look at where the blend of certain technologies can produce better effect within the context of primarily training, simulation, And some of the things we do at the Institute, it expands out a little bit further than that too. And we start to get into medical or military applications and government. But we've had a lot of opportunity over the years to explore how these new and emerging technologies can be put together in unique ways, whether that's front-end technology that we've talked about, like augmented virtual reality or some of the use of mobile technology, or the more back-end technologies you don't hear as much about, but that are just as vitally important like blockchain for keeping track of a lot of your records or giving you other use cases, what we generally call them, different examples of how you might use this in your particular training environment. I'll start off with maybe a little bit of a humbling story to tell you that I learned about Bitcoin and blockchain from some of my students. They came to me and said, well, Dr. Metcalf, we're working for you in the lab. This is about 2012. But we're also working for this guy outside of the university, and he's paying us one Bitcoin per hour to work for him. And this was when Bitcoin was 30 to $60 per coin rather than the tens of thousands of dollars it is now. But needless to say, they were onto something. And by about the third time they explained it to me, I understood that this was something that was going to fundamentally change online payments and what they call cryptocurrencies or the way we think of digital cash, but could go far beyond that. It was something that could allow you to validate transactions across a number of different vertical industries. And we could talk about those, GovTech, RegTech, InsTech for insurance, HealthTech. But today, of course, we want to talk about EdTech and thinking about what happens in education. And a few uh, use cases that your audience may want to consider for that. Fundamentally, blockchain is a trust mechanism. It's a way of making sure that multiple sources of authority can all trust that a transaction is valid. That could be a payment or financial transaction, but it could just as easily be a transcript that you want to validate that someone's academic credentials are valid or that they gained a certain skill or they got a certain score on a test. And blockchain is a way to not have to have one central authority that proves that, but to be able to have multiple sources of truth, multiple authorities that can all validate that that transaction is true. And that's the superpower of blockchain, especially as it applies to education. So in other words, you're really talking about secure transactions, but it's almost like Mm -hmm. a ledger that is secure. 
and that the ledger that we're using to keep track of things can itself almost be lifted and move in in a secure transaction. Maybe is that the chain that we're linking all of these transactions together in the chain, David? Yeah, that notion of a ledger, if we think about those that have taken some finance to having this immutable record of the transactions that have happened, whether those are financial transactions or whether they're transactions in maybe some of the other things that our audience deals with, like SCORM or XAPI, and keeping track of those inputs of this particular learner accomplish this on this date at this time with this score. So that's an example of something you want to keep track of. Certainly LMSs do that, but how do you get LMSs to talk to each other? How do you get LMSs and LRSs, the learning record stores, to talk to each other? Blockchain, our hypothesis is, is going to be one of those fundamental technologies that allows you to move between systems and have those systems trust each other. Because of that chain or that ledger, And because of the blocks are really just the ability to have encrypted and decrypted database entries that have additional information that you might need. Those are some of the fundamentals. I know it starts to get complex, but that's some of the fundamentals of what we're talking about here. Well, and let's face it, once we understand the basic idea of what's involved, the complexity gets a lot easier to understand and easier to construct. And I think that's one of the places that if people start with the complexity first, it's almost impossible (laughs) To unbundle all the spaghetti. And frankly, I think this is one of the challenges with blockchain that because we start with very, very complex (laughs) financial transactions. I know, yeah. The idea of being able to understand that no, really is almost as simple as having an exchange. Let's use transcripts, Mm -hmm. for example. If I Mm -hmm. want my transcript to go Mm -hmm. to a particular university so that I know that I am exchanging this private information in a private way, it might be as simple as my contract to that single school. If I want to exchange my transcript with multiple schools, it might be 10 simple contracts. But if I want to start doing more and more exchanges, those contracts can become increasingly more complex by the number of individuals or organizations with whom I want to transact, right? No one wants to go and have to build a car to drive to the store to pick up a gallon of milk. We're trying to get this to the point where it's as easy as only having to know about the one transaction that you want to know about and whether that's the ability to know whether everything on someone's transcript is valid or not. And rather than having to lick 10 envelopes that are sealed and stamped by a registrar's office at, let's say someone's had a long and illustrious academic career, gone to three or four institutions, has a certification on top of that, has gained some skills that they might want to validate through their employer or LinkedIn or somewhere else too, that all gets pretty complex to do it without blockchain. What we're starting to talk about is the ability to have all of this be automated or semi-automated through, as you were saying, the contracts, smart contracts that can keep track of this in the future, this universal transcript and this ability to have sort of a womb to tomb or all the way from your academic career in the military, we often talk about recruit to retire, you know, all the way from that to time frame to keep track of everything that you do, not just your highest end attainment in academic uh, records, but all the way down to some of your knowledge, skills, and abilities or your competencies that are tracked. And that's some of the power of what blockchain is providing across systems so that the transcript that you might get from a school in California can be trusted by a school here in Florida, can be trusted by another place that you might have gone to in New York or Tennessee or somewhere else that you've had along your journey in life and your academic journey that's gone along with that. And 
your work journey. So if you think about this, it's more than just a academic transcript. It's a measure of human performance and a measure of your abilities that you've gained over time that can be much more robust, yet easier to move around and have as that universal transcript. That's some of the things we think there's a lot of promise in that, especially for validating credentials, making sure that there's no one impersonating doctors in our hospitals, making sure that no one is practicing law without a license, and also within our halls of our corporations and our government institutions too, that what people say they do matches up with who they are and what they've actually done. So those are very important things that I think we have a new superpower, that this notion of distributed trust or distributed verification across multiple organizations that can happen in a near instant is something that is worth the technical infrastructure and the technical complexity below it that is getting easier every day. There's new vendors, there's new opportunities to, instead of having to type in an IP address, we've got domain names now that we can easily go to what we want to do. The same thing is happening within the blockchain world. You don't have to know all of the technical jargon. You just have to be able to know what you're looking for, where to search for it, and then how to validate it becomes really easy compared to some of the other things that we go through, even in our modern LMSs and other functions that we have that we're used to using within the e-learning world. I guess it brings me to my big question, David. What are some of the things that we can be anticipating to put blockchain to use more effectively? Like what types of things should be people thinking about as they anticipate You know, let's just talk about credentials, for example. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know there's going to be many, many kinds of things that we could be doing. But as one thinks about credential systems, what can, say, an institution be thinking about? Yeah, well, I think that some of the holy grail of even measuring competencies, forget blockchain for just a second, but measuring competencies and having this immutable record that you can have with you for the rest of your life that's not tied to any one academic institution solely or any one employer that you've had for a shorter or long period of time is really beneficial to the individual. It's empowering to us as workers, to us as employees, to the people that, for those of us that are in an HR or a training function, that we have the responsibility to shepherd their careers and their training and their skills and knowledge that they're gaining. So I think that that's, again, the superpower that we can unlock. And being able to democratize that in a way and empower the individual are things that blockchain enables. Now, a lot of people still want that centralized control, and there's nothing wrong with that. Why can't you have both? That's what blockchain enables you to have. It allows you to have that. You have everything that you need for centralized control. If you're a government institution, if you're an academic institution, if you're an employer, a trade association, or an accreditor, say a bar association or a medical society, those things are all still in your power, but yet they're also in the power of the individual. They're also in the power of other organizations too. So it's a shared power structure that is really hard to do with any other technology. And I think that that's one of the things that blockchain unlocks now and into the future. I'm excited about that, if you can't tell, what we might be able to do with that for both educational attainment and the tracking that we want to enable and grow human performance. Well, you've talked about the idea of being more transparent at each point in either academic preparation or professional preparation. And I think the transparency of going from point to point, if we know what type of expectations are required at each point in preparation, say you know what you have to do to be successful in grade school. Awesome. Mm -hmm. You know what you need to do to be successful (laughs) in high school. Even Mm -hmm. better. That Mm -hmm. being translated into college preparation, which is 
translated into either credentialing mm-hmm. or into workplace preparation. So we can actually see all the building blocks, which mm-hmm. is good for transparency purposes. Nobody mm-hmm. likes to be surprised to see that it goes beyond just what goes on in the four years in high school or the four years mm-hmm. in college or the two years in community college into workplace mm-hmm. preparation, which I think is also uncoupling preparation from each of those mm-hmm. unique settings. So instead of having people get so far into one particular type of setting and realize that they aren't going to finish there, they have to start all <laughs> over again, we get to unify learning experiences across ecosystems, really. Yeah. And once you have this record that can move across multiple organizations or institutions too, it enables some other things that empower the individual. We all benefit right now from going to Amazon or your other favorite search or shopping site and having, oh, you bought this, you might like this, a recommendation engine. There's opportunities to enable that recommendation engine to give you not just your next step, but a whole career path that is tuned to your aptitudes, to your past history, to your likes and your dislikes, and might be able to tune that for better fit, less struggle with trying to find yourself or find your way in the world of what you're good at and what you want to do. Certainly, there's a lot of great aptitude tests out there for a lot of different things. But think about supercharging that with the power of artificial intelligence or recommendation engines at the simplest level of that artificial intelligence some predictive analytics of what that might look like so that you can, using the power of what we like to do, simulation, and simulate your career. You can see your growth and what it might be like if you take this path versus this path. And before you get there, before you take it, you have to make those decisions. I think that superpower and supercharging, the ability to go in and do that and be able to determine what you might like and to be able to try before you buy on some of these things, try them out through simulation, and then have your blockchain-based record of all of those things, both the ones that are real and that you did try and did do, and also those alternate scenarios of, well, if I went down path B, if I was going to be a patent attorney first and then go and get a tech degree, or if I get a tech degree and I go into medicine, or if I follow my dream and go into HR, and then I'm going into the training division, and you have a much better ability to see a career path, do I want to be a chief learning officer someday? Do I want to go Mm -hmm. through and be in charge of a whole technical unit because I like the technical side better? You'd be able to try before you buy on some of those things. And it would supercharge career planning. It would supercharge your academic planning that you might do. Some of the most important things that happen is guidance counselor, career advice, career advisement, and some of the opportunities that come for placement once you're in college into a career of choice. Those are very, very important things in the network and in what you do and the skills. I really think that that's something that will benefit greatly from blockchain technology for this immutable record that has transportability and that has an ability to give you all of those options and allow you with uh, adding in a few other technologies to kind of supercharge that. David, this is awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time to help explain how the pieces fit together. Because I think sometimes when all you hear about is a piece of it, trying to figure out the rest of the scenario makes it a little bit tough. It's been really fun, Ellen. I always enjoy it. Well, thanks again. We appreciate the time and we'll look forward to maybe coming back and chatting with you a little bit about the Bitcoin part of this someday. So thank (laughs) you. Thank you so much, David. That's a way that you can boost your endowments for those of you that are in academia too. So it might be something to think about. There you (laughs) go, David. I'm sure we're going to get people hooked on that idea. Thanks again. Appreciate it. Bye. Uh Bye.